grab your definitely not trademarked silver masked huntsman and little green child friend. It's time for GeekCast Live. It's a trap! Welcome to episode 445 of the GeekCast Live podcast. I'm your host, GCR, and with you, with me, I guess with, with us, you, with us, as always, is Rob Bass and Cartoon Joe. Uh, no it. Nick tonight. Um, he is Banksy. 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 He's, he's Banksy. Banksy. Yeah, he he's is Banksy. Banksy. He's, Banksy. he's Banksy. He's like a... Um, it's like Banksy, but he does balloon art. Exit well, and <laughs> the year is twenty forty eight. Right, <laughs> right. He does underground balloon art in the nuclear apocalypse. Underground balloon art is an early, early <laughs> show title. What's great about it? Because I know Nick listens to these. Do you guys listen to these? Yeah, usually exactly whenever I edit them, and then no more. <laughs> But I listen to it in the edit. Mm-hmm. And if there's something that's really funny that I want to share with like my wife or somebody I know isn't actively listening, I will find it. And sometimes I end up listening to more than I expected, but I rarely like tune Saturday into our morning. own show. No, right? me either. I was here for it. Right. I, exactly. Um, I lived it. I know that Nick listens to every single episode whether he's on the episode or not and i think what's great about him when i I don't like when he's not here because i think we're better when the all four of us are here but when he isn't here i like i really take care of what i choose as the show title Mm. because i want him to see the show title and go what the fuck did they talk about while i was gone (laughs) It is and a I'm rare and small them. pleasure. I'm picturing him Saturday morning. It's 730 in the morning. He's got himself a cup of coffee. He turns on GeekCast Live and he says, underground balloon art. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> I'm glad I didn't say that he was out fighting Morlocks on Mandalore because then he'd think, ah, fuck, this is just going to be about oh, Mandalorian. More Mandal- I'm not even going to listen to it. It's just right, more yeah. Mandalorian. Uh, there's something to be said about the the more Mandalorian. <laughs> I feel like I well, feel like there's an untapped market for for something, some kind of stage like, play or not uh, religious movement, like a cursed child, but for Mandalore. Yeah. But there's well, Mormon Delorean is <laughs> would have been my would have been my Salt Lake porn name, but right. They're not allowed to watch porn in Utah anymore. So yeah, well, right. thanks, you know, the government of Utah. Well, now it's your bubble porn name, right? Which is great because you get to leave your pants on. But not well. My pants come off, but I'm always wearing that magic underwear. Right. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mormon Delorean. Yeah. I was. I was. I was hung up on the idea of you having like Daisy Dukes on underneath, like your <laughs> like a never development. Nude. Yeah. <laughs> like Tobias Funke. Yeah, or Grandpa Snedden. <laughs> no shit. No shit. You know, the, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen anything uh, below his waist 
to four inches above his knee. No, I've never seen like like a peak of thigh. Mm-mm. No, he's no he's no Pedro Pascal. I'm not sure. Our, I'm not knees. sure my grandpa had a penis. Don't know. <laughs> Five object kids, but... object permanence tells me it's like Schrodinger's cock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I so... see it. It might if not you, be there. If you observe it, you can't measure how fast it is. <laughs> you don't. Do you That's measure a different your, mathematician? You measure your penis and speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Say, well, it's. I learned from Han Solo. Uh, I'm measuring temperature in case <laughs> right, anyone you measure, was curious. You measure distance and time, and time in inches, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, Kelvin. Yeah. Oh, well, everything's in Kelvin because it's it's like the universal Truth. temperature. What are you Joe, what are you drinking? You're drinking like a dusky hued. It's a uh, just a Lion and Kugel summer shandy. Oh, it's good beer. Lion and Kugel, sponsor us. It is a good <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool if that worked? If you just speak it into existence. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're getting a call from Jim Lion and Kugel or whatever his name is. I'm, I think I'm it is certain Jim. that's his name. I'm pretty sure it's Jim Lyon Kugel. Yeah. Uh, Rob, question for you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, what made you smile this week? What 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 brightened? What put wind in your sails? What kind of bright spot did I have? Yeah. Uh, so uh, this past week, um, I had with a bunch of my students at school uh done something called the marshmallow challenge i think i might have talked about it on here is that where you put how many you put in your mouth yeah yeah no that's chubby bunny chubby Um, bunny uh so the marshmallow challenge is um basically students break up into groups and they get 20 pieces of dried spaghetti a meter of tape meter of string and one like camping sized marshmallow and in their group, they've got 18 minutes to uh, build as tall of a structure as they can out of just the building materials that can support a marshmallow on the top of it. And the marshmallow has to be on there by the end of the 18 minutes. Um, oh. And so it's a really interesting exercise in like cooperation, the design process, prototyping. It also teaches you a bunch of things about geometry and architectural design if you start really digging into it. Um, It's just a really fascinating experiment. So today we had the chance to go over um, all of the um, results from going through and doing it. Uh, And uh, there was one class that was an exception to this, but every class had um, at least one and a half to like three times size improvement per class, um, which I always thought was particularly cool. Um, you know, kids learning things. That's that's exciting. I've at least done part of my job. Goals uh, achieved. Yeah, goals achieved. Uh, the group that had the most improvement that I was genuinely fascinated by. So uh, by the by the results. So. Um, they, the first time that we had done this challenge ended up having all of their structures collapse, their cumulative height total for their towers, uh, in their class was, uh, smaller than the kindergartners, smaller than like 
I think it was the smallest in the entire school. Like they basically just like measured the marshmallows because all of their towers collapsed and shit. <laughs> so oh. they so they could only have the height of the mallow. Exactly. 100%. So this time they ended up um, being most improved and they went from being dead last last time to first place this time. And their cumulative height was like 11 fold higher than uh the first time that they had done it uh and it was just very cool and they were all really excited and proud about that and it was really cool to go through and discuss all of these results and talk about you know science and engineering and mathematics and all of this shit with a bunch of kids um it was really just it was really cool so yeah nice uh, the marshmallow awesome. challenge i don't think i knew what that was until you started describing it right now yeah, yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun, and I think it's going to be a staple for for it, this foreseeable future. Has it always been called the Marshmallow Challenge? And I've just I never have done it? no idea. I okay. think so, but the only reason that I think so is because I watched a couple of TED talks um, that were presented on the subject of the Marshmallow Challenge. Um, gotcha. And I I don't recall them calling it anything else, but I'd have to double check on the gotcha. history. Yeah. I just when you first described it, I had right idea, right ballpark, wrong sport. Mm-hmm. Sure. I was picturing a bunch of mini marshmallows and toothpicks. Oh, I mean, uh, me as well. When he said spaghetti, I was like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> I'll just pay yeah. attention now. Uh, yeah, that's uh, I don't know if there's I know what you're talking about. Just like uh, I don't know if there's. It, it's not related in any way to the challenge that I was doing so far as I know. Yeah. No, no, uh, I wouldn't think it is based on what you've described. It's not, yeah. but it's uh, it's the same. I think it's the same basic principles because uh, you're trying to build a tower, see how tall you can get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not, I don't think there was a, um, I think for that one, which is like a first year engineering at college level project yeah, or, or like high school or whatever. It's, it's just see how tall you can get it. It has nothing. You don't have to support any weight of a marshmallow or whatever. Um, yeah, that's awesome though. I love that. I I don't know. I don't know what I want to say about it. I really like that. I like that you've got to figure out, you know, the strength of spaghetti and um how to support things with tape and of course triangles. Triangles yeah, the most important. Yeah. Uh one of the things that I I really enjoy Max Reed is bullish process. on the triangle, actually. Yeah? yeah. Oh, excellent. Good. Sorry, Rob. No, that uh as long as it's not Kramer. Um, Charles was, Murray this week showed how, showed his racist ass uh, <laughs> triangles. So classic, very classic, very classic. Some a uh, couple couple young black women, uh, black girls, like third seventh graders maybe in Louisiana, uh, did a previously unprovable proof with triangles to show that you could uh, solve for the um, Pythagorean theorem theorem using mm-hmm. trigonometry instead of using the Pythagorean theorem, hmm. which is cool. That's no one had fun. ever done it before. So real Excellent. professional mathematicians have been trying to figure it out for ages. And they, these, these two middle schoolers figured it out. And yeah, Charles yeah. Murray, who you may know from the bell curve or from uh, people disproving the bell curve yep. um, uh, was like, how long will it be before it's proved that these two girls don't know what they're talking about? And everyone was like, Dude, you can check the proof yourself. Yeah, it uh, works. <laughs> right. Mang. Nah. So, it it anyway. kind of reminds me, Rob, I had a 
uh, if I've told this story, we've been doing this for 10 seasons. Stop me or forgive me. I don't know. Sure. We had um, in eighth me. grade, two different um, science classes. And one of them had like the cool science teacher. Sure. Um, Mr. Patch. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Mr. Hinkle. Gotcha. And the other one who now that I'm older, realized that uh, he had MS, Mr. Terpstra. Um, um, super cool guy, but he was trying to teach through a lot of fucking shit and pain and everything. And we gave him a hard time, probably shouldn't have, but um, he didn't want to do the you had to build a boat that you had to try to get across oh, the yeah. high school pool. Oh. And the other team, the other science class was doing it, and we wanted to do it, and he was like, fine, whatever. And but he didn't put any parameters on it. <laughs> so like, oh, like no. the other the other teacher had like pool noodles, shrink wrap, duct tape, milk jugs, all these different things you can use to build your boat. But you had a budget and they cost money. So like if you wanted pool noodles, you were shooting your wad on pool noodles. Right. Yes. So, you know, maybe do something different. Well, my teacher was like, if you want to build boats, build boats. And it was like, so what are the parameters? He's like, nothing. <laughs> okay. I just do whatever the fuck you want. I've clearly lost control of this classroom. I just brought a life. boat. I brought a boat. <laughs> my team, my team, we just brought a boat and we put the boat in the pool and rode it and then turned it around and then rode it back. And he was like, A plus. Because there was no rule. This didn't say you couldn't. There was no rules. He was just like, build boats. Fuck it. I'm done. I'm fucking done. I'm fucking ready for summer. Oh, he was. And like uh, I said, we we never uh, we were eighth graders. So, I mean, uh, sure, teenagers, are, teenagers are already the worst people on the face of the earth anyway. Sure. Oh, but so, eighth graders are the worst of the worst. Right. And he yeah. was a dude. He would come in like five to ten minutes late from class because his break was the hour before ours and the teacher's lounge was like way down the hallway and he fucking like his legs didn't work right yeah. and he fucking walked with a, like a cane and so we would take advantage of the fact that for 10 minutes he wasn't in the class and we'd like turn all of our desks around or like sure. you know what I mean or like move his chair because we're asking sure. yeah. staple all of his papers to the ceiling <laughs> shit like that and yeah. time to find out you know you look back at it now and it's like what an ass but we we like pressured him every fucking day was like are we gonna do boats too and he's like no no i don't want to do boats and that's just the, the marshmallow challenge reminded <laughs> me of that i'm glad you had some sort of parameters because i'm waiting for the day my son or daughter comes home and is like hey we got a project and i'll say like so what are the rules and they're like there are no because i'm gonna I mean, I was the kid. I, I you could get one point extra credit for each thing you brought to the food drive. I bought a pallet. Of, my parents bought a pallet of ramen noodles. It cost them like twenty five bucks, and my grade went from like a D minus to a B plus. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, that's and cool, that was man. the last time you got more than fifteen points of extra credit. Well, that yeah. was she just she she tried Hard to count cap. it as she tried to count it as one. It was and one I was pallet. like, no, 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 no. There's 20 boxes to a box and there's 20 ramens in a box. So <laughs> do the math. Points, I was, and I act, I think why she gave it to me is because I said like, I've done the math. I have oh, enough to get a B plus. And she was like, this is math class after all. I did trick you into doing math. <laughs> right. Which is a very, uh, that teacher thing to do. 
Mm-hmm. Mrs. Durden or Doden, right? Doden. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if she's still alive. I bet not. Yeah. Good question. Uh, anyway. Joe, what about you? What if, uh, what's your, uh, uh, I, uh, smile? I, I got roped into, um, a theater project. Nice. Um, there is a group of plays called the York mystery cycle. It is a group of 48 plays. They each take about five minutes a piece to do. And they are older than Shakespeare. And it used to be like the thing people did instead of Netflix was they'd show up to church and put on the York cycle mystery plays. And you would just be there that day. And someone would be like, Hey, do you want to be Jesus? Do you want to be uh fucking Zacchaeus? Do you want to be <laughs> yeah. Balthazar, the, the king from the East? Thought you'd never um, ask. You know, and uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, and then they'd hand you the script and you'd just have to read the script out loud and perform the play uh, in, in, in real life. And so there's a, a local college is doing a, um, they're putting on the York mystery cycle. And it's the first time it's been in Chicago in 30 years. And he basically was like, well, I've got these college kids. I want to do it. And then also I want, I want the community to be involved because this was like a community thing back, you know, 500 years ago when people yeah. were doing this. Uh, and so he called around to like local theater troops and churches and stuff. And uh, I'm very proud. My church is the only church that said yes. So suck you, at man. other churches. Yeah. Um, hell yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so Maddie and I are going to be performing like four plays on Friday night. Uh, as part of the 48 play cycle. Oh, um, fucking cool, man. Yeah, it's awesome. It's all in iambic quadrameter and there's old timey words, like really old timey words, like Mickle, which means Vondruk. a lot. Yeah, Von Druk. Um, and then also my other favorite thing is like, um, uh, I love, so English is very formalized now. You can't play with it like you used to. I mean, you can like, disagree you can do certain things now that you couldn't do back then because we've invented new stuff well we uh we invent words every day right but there's like i i am uh there's a couple of lines i have i'm rhyming i'm rhyming i'm rhyming is that one of those words i'm rhyming enough with plow and so the the play writer just took the gh off of enough and then changed the u to a w so it's in now with plow, huh. which you could do back then. Right. You could just do anything back then. You could just do whatever the fuck you wanted. And it, as a sidebar, makes me very angry that in my freshman English class, I invented the word twim for a poem. And my teacher took off points because she couldn't contextually figure out that I meant two. You know what? Fucking contextualize it then, you bitch. Right. It's an oh. honors English class. Get your head out of your ass. Yeah. If I can't make up, I was so mad about it. I'm still, yeah, I can't make up a word here. And back in the day, you could just drop half the goddamn word off and it would still be the same word. Fucking the Jabberwock is 99% fake words. Right. They grimble in the wave. Mm. Oh, yeah, they do. Speaking my, speaking my language. I know. I, uh, people grimble in, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, just like I did with Rob's thing, I'm going to piggyback on yours with the thing that I've been thinking of because you made me think of it. Yeah. Have you ever seen the play, ever seen the movie Waiting for Guffman by chance? Mm-mm. 
Waiting for Guffman is a Christopher Guest movie. It's the same guys who did like uh, The Mighty Wind and Best in Show, where it's it's largely improvisational. Excellent. Eugene Levy. Fred Willard. Fred Willard. Right. Bob Catherine Balaban. Bob Balaban. Absolutely. They, um, it's about a town who like the local theater guy puts on like a play in like, in the town where he has like a open wide casting call for the community. Excellent. And I was watching it and I, I asked my wife, I said, we've got this beautiful art deco movie theater in town and they're, they're constantly wanting more things. So like on weekends where there's not like a big tentpole film, right? They might instead have like, um, local ghost hunting group ghost hunting or a spoken word or like the, the fiddler's roost or shit like that and i've been thinking what if i just put a thing what if i took out a the front whole front page of the newspaper and just said open to anybody who wants to try out i'm i'm directing a play outstanding do you think people would show up i guarantee like the local like the local theater kids would show up yeah are you actually putting on a play or are we just like renting it out for the day? Putting I on don't know. Show? No, because I'm I'm entirely in for the like, we're putting on a play and then just doing like a casting call for a full, like full theater day and then never doing anything with it. <laughs> what if it's, hey, what if, what if it's the, what if we pack the theater, right? <laughs> and I get people who want to, um, they want to try out for a role in the play, right? They don't know that the theater's already packed. I bring them in the back one at a time at scheduled casting of like, hey, if you could be here at 1030, that'd be great. And they've got to do their tryout for the role of fucking Othello to a packed audience. I think we're on to something here. I love it. I, I think this is <laughs> I think, yeah. And if you don't film the whole thing. Oh, the whole thing's filmed. Yeah. The inter- the pre-interview, the exit interview, and the fact that no matter what, no matter how they do, that whole place, it's a standing ovation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there's no judging. It's not like Yeah. They just Yeah, well, they're not actually gonna get a part at the end of the day. <laughs> well, they walk in and you got the lights on them, and then you fucking switch the lights so they can see that the place is packed and they all fucking cheer, <laughs> or they're all just quiet, <laughs> waiting. I think that's hilarious. I love it. That's a fun bit. <laughs> yeah. What would be fun is if at the end of the day, uh, you actually did put on the play and everybody just, they just read their, they did like a table read, but acted it out yeah. however they felt. That'd be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. It'd be like drunk Shakespeare. Yeah. I'm into You're it. Anyway, here. what uh aside from this, what made you smile this week? Um, I did a big thing for me. Um, I'm terrible at it and I succeeded in it and I'm very happy. Drank water. Well, Oops. I have no, which I need to do more. <laughs> I need to do more of. Um, I've been like my family used to do a thing where uh you picked out like a movie that you loved, and on an index card you wrote like why you loved it. And then you mailed it to the person on the list. And there was there was uh, like 12 people in the group. And the, you always had a movie coming in. Sure. It was awesome. It worked great until it except for me. It, I would I'd end I'd have like all 12 DVDs at my house. Because I might watch it and then I might 
um, add my notes, my note card, and but I'll just I'll never mail it. Mm. I don't know why I'm fucking terrible at it. I'm part of the I'm part of a a thing that I don't even know if I could talk about. Uh, so I'm just gonna call the the, the, S, the SLS. Okay, and um, uh, it's the same thing I just described, but with books. I read my book. And I mailed that some bitch to the next person, and I am very proud of myself. Hell yeah! Woo. Yeah, it's not going to be ruined wish. because of me this time. Is all I'm saying. Excellent. That is it's, very. It'll cool. be someone else. It'll be up to someone else to ruin it. For now, you know what? Fine. It's Probably the next person. It's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was really hard. I did finish uh, a book too. Uh, that's the first book I've read with my eyes, and like. Eight years. Nice. Um, that was hard. It's hard to what do. What book was it? Uh, City of Brass by S.A. Chakraborty. Okay. I think that's how you would say the last name. Sure. That sounds right. Um, Is that... I can't remember if that's the one that recently had a Netflix adaptation or if that was Shadow and Bone. Shadow and Bone. Okay. Sure. And if that's the one that has a adaptation, I feel like it's not long before that will uh, inevitably happen. I feel like I've seen enough people talking about it. It seems like it's got a lot of uh, positive vibes. Yeah, a lot of positive vibes, a lot of potential for reach. That reminds me that I've got textbooks that I definitely need to mail back out because I don't want to buy those fucking things. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, those are Jesus. Go straight to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect. Right. Good thing you got your student loan money back because now you have to pay it for those textbooks. Right. Yeah. Great. Godspeed me. God, textbooks. Godspeed. (laughs) Uh, Plugs? Yeah. Plugs sounds good. I hear. All right. Let's put them after the clap. Hey, fellas. Uh, I was really wondering if we could possibly possibly hook up with some really cool guys with some really cool gear and maybe i don't know get our hands on i don't know cool magazines or um, swag things like that that does anybody come to mind yeah the the miracle mets mm. it's true i don't but, like hockey oh what about over at our Wayward boys Raven? Yeah, wave, 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 like the yeah, brave ravens. ravens? Oh, yeah, the, the, our brave ravens. the brave ravens. I thought it was Whoa. wayward raven this whole Did time. I cut out real bad. Whoa, <laughs> <Yeah>. terribly neat. <laughs> so our guys, our guys, ASAP and Mark, who are brave ravens, um, yeah. but they they didn't actually call their business that. They go by wayward raven, which we really think is cool. We like to go there. They've got cool gear, merch. Novelties, mm-hmm. some fantastic reads, comics, <laughs> books. Yeah, yeah, and they actually have a, this. This this one actually has a discount code. They've got a. What would it be? A discount code. Uh, Joe, tell us I what think, it is. I think it's neckbeard. Yeah, it's it's neckbeard. It is for definitely. So check uh, them out. Waywardraven.com. <laughs> I can say the word Raven. Waywardraven.com. Okay. My nose itches. This yeah. is going to be fun. I was I think these are going up on Patreon, right? The uh the video yeah, of these. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm Should not deleting the files, so. Yeah. 
That's going to be fun. I, I, those I might watch. Yeah. Well, because then you can see, you know, what's what what we're doing in the background. Well, we, the joke of it's an audio medium would go away. Right. I do wonder. Um, there are times when I definitely make eye contact with you. Yes. And and we both know we're making eye contact with each other. But I don't know if it plays that way uh, for anybody else watching. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I know I was looking at you that whole time. Yeah. I wonder what it looks like I'm looking at. I also wonder if um, if we're going to continue to do this. I, I think the podcast should probably spring for some green screens. I am. Yeah, it's not a bad absolutely idea. Absolutely about that. I think that's just a, it'll be a, like a cool green screen, a cool green screen, a cool green. And then it'll say like Nick's like poop in my butt ski or whatever his name is that week. Because right. he's mm-hmm. filming from his car. Right. <laughs> Uh, oh God. he's definitely he, i think he said he was going to try to live tweet his kids baseball games tonight oh nice is he is he on twitter i don't know i think we made him get on twitter when he was going to join the show but yeah i, I mean think, I, he has a twitter but that's yeah i don't think he's been on twitter ever is he twitter verified he's not he could be he seems I, like the kind of guy who would be i remember trying very hard in 2014 or 13, whatever it was to try to get Twitter verified. Right. Really right. wanted it. Yeah. So, really thought um, it would be like the, uh, the rocket ship for us. If we all got verified on Twitter. Sure. If we became right. blue check, Mar elite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the social elite of Twitter. Yeah, so I um I what what Rob is continually trying to pass the ball to me about um desperately <laughs> and we're and we're dutifully ignoring him. Um I we're, we're I'm trying something new this week. We're trying something new. We've we've talked about uh cutting out the middle portion of the show to have us do like a uh a, a researched or loosely researched essay of sorts to uh about a topic. And uh we've been talking for a couple of weeks about this blue check debacle. And uh, I thought, you know, if you're not terminally online or a journalist, but I repeat myself, mm-hmm. um, you don't know anything about this blue check thing. Uh, even if you're following the news, I think, um, you know, I, I, I don't even know what to say about it. But uh, but we I know the three of us have been following it. I know Nick has been like, fuck this. I don't care. Um but it's Probably actually kind of an interesting so. story. What's that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to kind of get into it for, for the, for the people on, on our show, the listeners to our show who maybe don't know anything about it and, and wonder why it matters. So um, I've prepared this essay and uh, feel free to jump in whenever feel free to, uh, to make jokes and, and stuff. Um, jibes. Yeah. Jibes. Japes. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask Jeeves. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever it is. But anyway, uh, here we go. Send it. When Twitter launched in 2006, there was no process for verifying users. Like much of the old internet remembered fondly by millennials, Twitter was the Wild West. Anyone who, uh, anyone was who they said they were, and anyone with an email address or a phone number could sign up and start tweeting right away. Remember when you tweet with your phone? Yeah. Did you ever do that? Tweet from your phone? Yeah. I mean, sorry, with text messages. Oh, no, I do oh. not remember that. <laughs> Fuck that noise. No. Sorry. I always tweet like, from yeah, my phone. I was like, I, I, 
I still did years. as of today. I miss it. I I really liked tweeting by SMS. You could like you'd, what, you'd to send people. you'd send a text to like the, like, like a like a six three six. Yeah, because I don't Twitter. think it was quite like an app for it yet. It was still whatever that was like Twitter.com, right? Right. Well, and uh, I think maybe the iPhone was either well, the iPhone would have been newly out, right? Because that Very was new. 2005. Very new. Um, yeah. Back when it when it was um, like an unobtainable bougie right. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had it on my uh, my Virgin mobile phone and I could text and it would cost me a quarter to tweet. Um, wow. Yeah. And we'd have uh, we'd tie onions to our belt, as was the style in the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but early Twitter was great. You know, for the most part, people did one of two things. Um, they went in terms to in terms of being themselves online. They would either be unabashedly themselves or they would do what everyone did on forums and they would just make up a username and a profile that allowed them to post or shit post anonymously. Ah, yes, that was a superior route. That was the Always. route I took. Oh, it's the route I'm still taking. God's and it's yep. fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, then uh, around 2008 or so, when Twitter really started to take off, and you know the iPhone was finally cheaper, and was coming to Verizon next year, and um, it had an app in the App Store, um, people started doing. What 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 God has given them the right to do, and that is, uh, they started impersonating celebrities. <laughs> Among the first victims of impersonation, and I hope that uh, you listeners can hear the scare quotes that these guys can see, um, uh, were Shaq, Yay, and Ewan McGregor, who was also impersonated on MySpace. It turns yeah. out, Ewan nice. McGregor. Yeah, I did people. Hmm. Loved being Ewan McGregor in 2000. I mean, so that's that's uh, for obvious reasons. I feel. Yeah, he the big name Obi Wan Kenobi and all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the guy from uh, Train Spotting. Yeah. Why can't I think of it? I keep wanting to say Rent, and I know it's not Rent. Mm, that's the one. Famously, the brother of some Air Force pilot. <laughs> the musical. The musical think, he was in. You're thinking of. Uh, uh, of uh richard gear yeah and the producers right <laughs> i jumped to matthew broderick <laughs> anyway uh, like all great companies in our capitalist hellscape nothing really changed until there was money involved in june of 2009 someone decided that it would be really funny to impersonate former st louis cardinals manager tony Larusa, and make a tweet referencing the deaths of two cardinals pitchers <laughs> The tweet in question from April 19th, 2009 said, lost two out of three, but we made it out of Chicago without one drunk driving incident or dead pitcher. So that was not only funny back then, I would it's, maintain that that is still funny. That's funny a, that would be a Hall of Fame tweet. Yes. First ballot. Absolutely. And not well, and just it, because it was like a game-changing tweet. That's right. just a great tweet. It's a really good tweet. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that it's impersonated La Russa. Right. Somebody was saying, like, no, it's Tony La Russa. Right. <laughs> Shush. Although I will say, in, in the defense of this tweeter, of this twit, uh, which is the, the technical term, um, he did mention in the bio that it was a parody account. Um, Covered his Regardless... Ass. What's that? Or her ass. 
Yeah, or covered yeah, their ass. Yeah. 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 Covered or, their or, ass. Or, or, or Z or Zer or whatever. I don't know all the neo pronouns. Um, nevertheless, Larusa was like, this is fucked up. You can't make me say this to people. Uh, so I'm going <laughs> to sue Twitter. Which immediately prompted one of Twitter's founders, um, probably the best named Twitter founder, Biz Stone, mm-hmm. <laughs> who I've yeah. never heard of before the, before Ever. researching the story. Yeah, Biz Stone got on Twitter's blog to post Twitter's response that they would be rolling out a new feature they'd been working on, verified accounts. They promised that they would begin with public officials, public agencies, famous artists, athletes, and other well-known individuals at risk of impersonation. And um, I don't know if it was in part due to this lawsuit or this this blog or or what, but eventually Larusa decided to drop the lawsuit. Um, he was just like, "This isn't worth it. I'm not going to win," you know. So he it let it probably go. coincides with when he sobered up. It may have. Yeah, I think and there was a spell when, probably around 2007, 2008, where he got sober. A lot of moving uh, pieces. I can see that. Um, but yeah, so he he drops the account. Not the account, the lawsuit. But sure. verification sticks around, obviously. And so for the last 14 years or so, verification at Twitter is used has been used to establish, this is literally from Twitter's uh, FAQ from the time, To establish authenticity of identities on Twitter, the verified badge helps users discover high-quality sources of information and trust that a legitimate source is authoring the account's tweets. Sure. That's it. That's what it's for. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I figured it was important to share the purpose of verification now (laughs) so that we can compare it later. (laughs) Foreshadowing, I think they call it. We call this Um, Chekhov's tweet. Right. So this helps uh, to limit the spread of disinformation and allows all kinds of people and organizations to protect their identities and brands, as well as helping users to discern the trustworthiness of, um, of various twits. Not to be confused with the tweets, the twits are tweeting, <laughs> tweeting, whatever. Nice. Sure. Anyway, uh, over time, verification changed pre Elon. It started with Twitter reaching out to people that thought were worthy of verification and inviting them to apply. Mm-hmm. Then eventually users were able to apply directly themselves. We were just talking moments ago that we tried to apply uh, around 2013 or 2014. Yep. Um, you needed like uh, the word on the street. I don't know if we ever actually found documentation was that you needed at least 10,000 followers to get the blue check. Which is why there was uh, an entire cottage industry of third party Twitter like follower apps like yeah. uh, Hootsuite was one of them. I use and I I remember like trying to push it like I could feel Rob's eyes roll now when I was like Rob have you been hootsweeting our socials and he was like yeah right hell no yeah yeah I've been you yeah I've it. totally been doing that right you got it bud you got it but I would because that you know the I'm concept just, was like if you <laughs> follow somebody that increases your likelihood of them following you back so follow ten thousand get ten thousand right. get fucking verified baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll just as soon make a program right. that'll give well, us 10,000 bots. Right. Well, but then remember, they they limit, they throttled the amount of people you could follow. Right. Right. You couldn't, you couldn't mass follow. You had to uh, keep it. It was like, a, I think. Right. You had to like be within 100 of yourself. Yeah. Wild. Very different now, I think. Anyway, um, 
not everybody, obviously not everybody was approved. You had to have a good reason to be verified. Mostly it came down to how much influence you had and whether it could be good. Basically, if it was good business for Twitter to give you the check, right? Yeah. If you had a certain number of followers or notoriety or fame, um, or if there was like a public necessity, right? Because like not all politicians are famous, but it's important for politicians to be verified so that you know that it's the politics. You know, it's it's not just... Uh, as we'll talk about later, George Bush admitting to knowing 9-11 or whatever. <laughs> <clears throat> Fake George about Bush, time. I should say. Parody George Bush. Um, so yeah, not everybody could be verified, nor should they have been. Uh, and as we've seen post-Elon, it's really, I think, a good thing that the check was restricted. Um, however, the restriction itself and the mysteriousness of the process, uh, which I, I've learned in the last couple of weeks, seems to have generated certain ideas about the power and influence of verified users. Among certain groups, uh, most apparently conservative chuckle fucks, uh, the blue check came to be seen as a mark of elite access, a measure of the bias toward the liberal media and against quote unquote conservative users. Um, didn't know if we had any comments here. Oh, uh, as a on. representative of the uh, liberal media, I'm really upset that we still haven't gotten our fucking blue check marks. <laughs> Goddamn right. Uh, how upset were you you didn't make that liberal media chart? That... Yeah. Well, the problem is that I made a chart <laughs> and I sent it in. Still didn't get the check mark. Yeah, well, Jack Dorsey probably smoked it. Nah, you know what? I'd have smoked it too. Yeah. Uh, Good chart. Yeah. So, obviously, when Elon decided to buy Twitter, one of the first things he claimed he wanted to do was to democratize the blue check, which is nonsense, first of all. But anyway, uh, by making it available to anyone willing to pay for it. Very essence of democracy, having to pay mm. for your rights. Yep. <sighs> Continues to track. Yeah. I mean, it was technically correct for the invention of democracy since only land Landholders in ancient Greece were actually considered the citizens. But I digress. It's a world he'd like to return to. That continues to, to track too. But Elon, don't sue me yet. It was spun as a kind of populism, opening the gate to let the little people in. And on its face, I don't necessarily think it is an inherently bad idea to verify everybody. Or, or at least everybody who wants to be, right? Sure. If people yeah. want to be verified, that is more or less fine by me. I think it's yeah. really fucking stupid to give your identifying documents and credit card or banking info to Elon Musk, of all people. But if, but if, if that's you what want you want to check, Mark, yeah, your official Twitter, like, yeah, if you want yeah, to, if that's that. if if that's what you want to do to prove who you are, or even if you just if your desire, your deep desire, is to prove that you who you are, who you say you are on the internet, fine, whatever, man. I my it's and not, people could use it for like their businesses and stuff. Like I could it, like small businesses sure. and things. Like I could see plenty yeah. of legitimate if, and like not if, if you had a brand that sure. you needed to protect. Yeah, right, sure. it, it makes sense. Yeah. 100%. Right. Pre-Elon, I saw it as a, um, it's, it's, uh, it's like an angler fish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. If you had a blue check mark, you're just attracting more. Right. So yeah. everything you say is more amplified. And so if you were trying to grow a brand the, you know, if you didn't have a brand yet to protect, right. the blue check mark was like, I got to get to that point 
before I'm going to be anything. And that's what I remember. That's what I remember trying to chase. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is great. And I don't think it's a, I, I really liked the way that I that also worked. remember thinking like if I was, if I was Twitter verified, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have woke my wife up been like, Hey, look at that. Right. Oh, yeah. look at that. She, she wouldn't have. I'd, have, um, I'd have dropped out of seminary. Probably. What I find probably particularly fascinating. I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm about to make more money than I'm going to spend on this degree. <laughs> uh, what I find particularly fascinating though, is while, um, while having a blue check mark gave an air of, we'll say authority or at least like authenticity or, you know, influence uh, about them. Um, So far as I understand though, it didn't necessarily like algorithmically affect boosting things. It was more of a perception thing, right? Like I saw that somebody had a blue check mark and like, Oh, maybe this person like has something of value to say about, especially if you agreed with the thing they tweeted. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, And and if you already have 10,000 people following you and even, I don't know, 2% of them tweeted out to their followers. I mean, that's a cascading effect of of scheme pyramidal. Sure. That's how shit goes viral. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but so I presume we'll probably get into it later, but, uh, from what I understand, uh, and I suppose from what little I have experienced in using Twitter, uh, still, uh, that is no longer the case. Uh, the blue check mark not directly having an impact on shit that you see or experience or stuff. Correct. I will uh, digress for now. <laughs> yeah, uh, we. I I forget how deep I get into it, but yes, it does come up later. Um. Yeah. So if you want to prove who you are on the internet, that's cool with me. Um. You know, if you're just a random dude in the middle of Arkansas who wants to tweet and and be like, yes, I am Jim Jones from bumfuck Arkansas. Like by all means uh, do that. I, there are kids in Africa who are having flies lay their larva in their eyes. I, that's much more important to me than, than whether or not yes. you are verified Jim Jones from bumfuck Arkansas. However, unless you're fighting for those kids, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah, unless Jim Jones, unless you're doing the 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 flies. Unless he wants to be verified because all he's concerned about is eye (laughs) larva in Africa. Right. He's just into ZC flies or whatever. Yeah. It is a problem. It is. It is. Uh anyway. Uh uh, this plan that Musk is is pitching fundamentally misses the point of verification that we talked about earlier. Verification is primarily to prevent impersonation and secondarily to support the authenticity of good sources. Good and or popular users who were originally verified were good for the site. They brought people on it. They kept people engaged. They drove engagement and made money for Twitter. They were verified so that A, Twitter could not be sued, and B, so that users could trust that they were getting the information from the source that was claiming to provide the information, uh, especially important for journalism and politicians. And uh, frankly, you know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of drill impersonators who are not drill, you know? Now, does this also probably coincide with about the time period where Twitter went public as well? Uh, I did not look at when Twitter went public. Oh, okay. Sure. It, it seems like that would be a, uh, thing that you'd probably be doing if you were uh getting ready to begin uh, uh twitter went public in 2013 
Um, The original verification process started in late 2009. Okay. So Um, so by 2013, it was in full, full swing. Okay. Yeah. Um, I do think it became easier to become verified over time um, because I don't think that like, I could be wrong, but I don't think Dr. Mr. Cody had a full 10,000 followers before he was verified. Correct. And I've, I've known other accounts that have fallen short of that threshold in about that time period that were also right. verified. So, yeah. So anyway. Um, yeah. So now we're kind of basically caught up to the present more or less because um, there's there's not much change between 2014 and now. The whole site was stagnant. Right. Yeah, uh, there were there were some things that were, it was it was fine. It had reached a kind of equilibrium, I think. And I I know that like Rob, you got it was about you kind of stopped tweeting for a while. You weren't on the app a lot. Um, yeah, I think I quit probably around 2015 and didn't get back into it until 2020. Right. Uh, maybe 2018. I anyway. I want I want to say it was right after the probably 2017 2018 after the election. I think it was when right. I got back on it. Yeah. Um I think a big part of it is like that's when Robert that's that's that was after Cracked fell apart and then mm. all of our favorite journalists became real journalists. Right. Instead of just crack articles. Also there was um uh less was going on. Right. Like there wasn't yeah. like yeah, there wasn't we, like a constant catastrophe or major news item every day. Right. Or more than one every day. Right. It, I think we're up to and, now. Or at least um we weren't aware of it. Right. Sure. No. For sure. Do you think that having access to a curated Twitter stream that constantly feeds us that information, like that we've cultivated over the course of a decade? Oh no, probably no, that's fucking no, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Which is a thing that we'll get into later too, with with the new verification and to your point, Rob, how the blue checkmark actually amplified your voice on the site. But yeah. uh, you no, know, for sure, the curated fucking Twit stream. Yeah. Yeah. I do think uh, around 2016, 2017, uh, post-election, there was a realization that uh, there were a lot of Twitter blue checks who were, uh, much like today, some of the dumbest, most uninspired tweeters. Sure. Um, Just because they they were so disconnected from reality. They were, you know, and and as a result, we were all so disconnected from, you know, I, I think a lot of us did not see the 2016 election result coming because... Uh, some people did. I mean, I, yeah, but there are a lot of people who didn't see it coming because they were getting their news from people who fundamentally did not understand what was happening and also had blue checks. So, yeah. And I guess to, to kind of build on that a little bit, it's fascinating how, like, despite how big and interconnected Twitter is, right. I can see tweets from all sorts of people from all over the world. Yeah. Um, you kind of gravitate, or at least I tended to gravitate towards specific like sub communities of mm-hmm. Twitter, whether it was like EDM Twitter or like pop culture geek Twitter or something like that. There's there's all sorts of um, you know smaller communities, sub communities, and uh, within Twitter. 
Yeah. And it's very easy to, you know, one, either kind of get to know these accounts, I guess, as, um, uh, as best you can through tweets and through never interacting with a person other than that, through that mean. Right. Or, yeah. Parasocial relationships. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, or, um, you know, other things, I, I guess it's really easy, uh, to, to kind of develop that insular, um, view set and community on there or at least kind of you know fall into an echo chamber like that and just kind of miss other things that are happening because these are the tweets that you're used to to getting and these are the people that you trust and stuff yeah right absolutely yeah so go ahead oh go ahead oh no, i don't no, no, mind go ahead yeah so in uh april of uh 2014 <clears throat> well actually so I guess it would be late 2021 Musk offers to buy Twitter and he puts out the outrageous price of $44 billion and Twitter says, yeah, of course. Right. <laughs> Why yes. wouldn't I? Yes. Um, and you know, it goes back and forth for like nine months uh, to a year. And finally uh, Musk has a choice between spending $44 billion to buy this thing this albatross that will hang around his neck uh, at least until the present and, or spending a billion dollars to get out of the contract. Um, and savvy businessman that he is, he buys the albatross. And so uh, starting in April of last year and concluding in October of last year, Musk becomes the primary shareholder and takes over Twitter. Then uh, in November, Musk immediately rolls out, verification for Twitter blue users. Twitter blue was a subscription service that Twitter launched in a, I think, let me double check. Uh, when did Twitter blue? Yeah. So Twitter blue launched around 2021. Um, as just a, uh, you guys have been asking us for these services. We don't want to roll them out to everybody, but if you want to pay us, we'll do them. You know, you can have an edit button for, $4 a month or whatever. In November, Musk decides to, he's going to add verification for all Twitter blue users. Many, many people immediately signed up and began to impersonate public figures, journalists, and organizations. By linking the mark, the, the check mark of verification to the subscription without actually verifying anyone, Musk's Twitter for, for just $4 a month to start, and then I think it jumped up to $8 a month very quickly afterwards, um, Musk's, uh, Musk's Twitter opened the door to chaos, which honestly was great. For like a week, it was the best Twitter had ever been. Yeah, Stupid. for $4 a month, you could you could tank the stocks of Eli Lilly. Yeah. You could... You could uh, like which fundamentally changed the price of insulin forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which happened, which actually happened. That happened. Uh, it was great. Stupid, very stupid, but great. Very stupid. Yeah. And foreseeable. Yes. Very obvious to anyone <laughs> who was People paying attention. said, I'm going to do this. Yeah. If you do that. Right. And also, then he did that. And so they did it. Yep. Shit, po shit poster meme lord Elon Musk. How could you not know the first thing that the internet was going to do? <laughs> man of the, the people. First so, thing. Yeah, man of the people. But, but, he, okay, the first so thing he's they were going to do let that was sink in. Fucking set fire to everything. 
it's it's the one it's truth what he, that we can. It's what he wants. I know that's fair. This is he's he doesn't he no greater joy. He is he is the world's greatest meme lord. Right. He wins his fucking fun little. He's the king of the edgy douche lords. Right. Undisputed. Yeah. And that's what he wants. He wants to be king of earth and he is now. Yeah. He doesn't care about anything else. Yeah. He's transcendent. He would really like it if the rest of us thought he was funny. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Or is that just a fucking, is that part of it? I don't know. Yeah. Is he don't like know, a, is, he, me. is he Andy Kaufman? Is what I'm saying. <laughs> is this just a bit? I feel like, like I know he's stupid. I'm not trying to say he's smart. No, because yeah, he's fucking. Yeah. He's a because he's a dipshit. Right. But the he's probably not wider, stupid. He's a dipshit. Right. Sure, but like the wider opinions of the world have no bearing on him, and he could be doing just one continuous bit because it right. doesn't fucking. Because he doesn't, and he's sure. and he's already like a dexterless weirdo. Right. I think that there is some air of truth to that, weirdo. but on the other hand, I like to think that it's uh, because it's very funny um, that he is just incredibly and comically unfunny um, and continues to try to be. There's a pattern there. And I just, I can't help but notice the pattern of him continually trying to be funny and not being funny. Yeah, he is. And even if it's uh, like an intentional thing, eh, he's still not funny. You Congrats on intentionally continually not being funny. He's like the manifestation of nine gag. Does that, ma- does that mean anything to him? Probably no. not. But will he continue to try and be funny and not be funny? Yeah. Yes. And I think that there's something novel and special about that in its own. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So it was great. We had former presidents admitting their war crimes, pharmaceutical companies promising free drugs, and several Elon Musks talking about how billionaires shouldn't exist. It had well, never really been choice Raytheon tweets too. Right? Oh man, I forgot about Raytheon. It had, oh. it had, Twitter had never been better. It was ever. Great. It had I, never I been better. That. Yeah. That was, so that, its, that is its current zenith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that lasted like a week uh, and led to a series of increasingly desperate changes to the process. Um, he implemented preventing people from changing their names once they'd gotten the check, requiring parody to be included. Like the word parody had to be somewhere on your account page. Um, to uh if you were impersonating anybody and And, and uh, all of it was completely um like loose and nefarious like yes the rule would like like you just he'd say like you can no longer you can no longer not say not at the end of the tweet right and so you can say anything you wanted to as long as you ended it with not right it was like there was always like a really easy work around the rule yeah Oh, it's incredible. I And I love the arms race of it all. It's so great. Um, They actually got to the point where they, oh. for, for, there were a bunch of official people who were impersonated. It was deep as shit. And so they, they went, they turned around and re-added another check mark that said check official. 
to add a, an official badge for users who were official. Nice. Uh, basically, so they went back to doing the thing that they did before they made any changes whatsoever. Yeah, he, but he also now have a subscription check mark. Absolutely, he reinvented verification for politicians, news orgs, and other notable folks. Hell yeah, I reinvented um, a wheel once. Right. Yeah, it was great. It was square. Didn't mm-hmm. roll. Yeah, it's like those bicycles that hipsters. Oh god, got. those bicycles! I love those bicycles. It's shocker. I just—they are magnificent. I would, if I had to summon you, I would start with the oddest bike I could find. <laughs> right, like <laughs> big back wheel, small front wheel, big front, I mean, whatever, whatever it is. I would instead be like, start I- put. Put that in the summoning circle first. I love the concept of reverse penny farthing. <laughs> Great show title. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Musk, by the way, hated that because uh, he caught immediately the irony of a second verification that's just verification. Uh, so he changed it to... Uh, legacy, all legacy verify users, verified users got to keep their blue check, but now it was a gray check. Mm. So that was a thing for a little while. Um, vibrant. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Blue. I mean, gray is just the, it's just faded blue. So it makes sense. I guess if we want, you know, the color to represent something. I always associate being official with just being dull as shit. So I guess, you know, if we're doing some like Gatsby-esque fucking color theory here, sure, I'll allow yeah. it. Dr. TJ Eckelberg's eyes. <laughs> yeah. He's like been this. all over season 10, by the way. I don't know if you've yeah, been <laughs> Gatsby. But, yeah, but Dr. TJ Eckelberg is like always there because he's always <laughs> he's there. Always there. He's, always he's there. on the billboard just outside of town. <laughs> Fucking watching. He's on the billboard just outside of town. <laughs> Sorry. I was possessed by Jerry Seinfeld for a second. I sapped out there for a second. Uh, and then a little while later, legacy verified user. Oh yeah, I got the. Uh, um, oh yeah, and then so mark the gray badges mark that they're original verified users, thereby defeating the purpose once again of returning verification to the people. Just fucking point that out. Yeah. Uh, so after a week or two of this chaos, the launch of Twitter Blue was put on pause until the most significant bugs could be worked out. Uh, so about a month later, in the middle of December, Twitter Blue came back online with significant rule changes to try to prevent impersonations. And honestly, things settled down for a little while. Twitter Blue users got their check marks. Legacy users kept their blue check marks. Everyone was happy, except that you could uh, you could click the check mark and find out if somebody was paying or if they were legacy. <laughs> so that was neat. Yeah. Um, you know, it made it very easy to discriminate against the uh, the people who were paying for it. But yeah, the filthy whatever. casuals. Yeah, it's fun to make fun of them and be like, ha, ah, this motherfucker paid eight dollars for a free service. Um, but for that brief, brief period of time, it was still it was an improvement over the original rule out from a business standpoint, not so much for the fun of Twitter. Um, but things really did quiet down. Uh, there were a bunch of new features that were added to Twitter Blue users, including things like 4000 word posts and uh, <laughs> yeah. a better edit. Jesus, button. you know, things things nobody wanted. Um, Except for the edit button. But most people who wanted in got in and the rest of us just kept 
tweeting like normal. We, we kind of ignored stuff. Um, Elon then went on to add other things to the site that users hate, uh, view counts and bookmark counts to, uh, to try to show who was getting the most impressions and who was seen as the most powerful or influential based on saved threads. Bookmarks are creepy. So fucking creepy. Yep. Creepy. Very fucking creepy. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. And then um, we invented a new kind of ratio. Many, many blue checks were getting millions of views were all, with almost no engagement, um, which I think is genuinely hilarious. <laughs> uh, that's um, good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's worth pointing out that at this point, blue check uh, people who were paying for Twitter were getting a boost in the algorithm for paying for it. Sure. Um, so that's why they were getting millions of views. Um, but they suck. So no one was engaging with them. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they started complaining to Elon because, hey, I'm paying you. And if you look, I have 13.7 million engagements or looks at yeah. and no retweets, no quote tweets, no loves. No, nothing. What's happening, man? Look, I didn't create a whole account called Cat Turd 2.0 just to be <laughs> shadow banned by the new management. <laughs> the other thing that it did too, not just put them in front of everybody, but the things that they liked got amplified oh, and it forced your algorithm to be their algorithm. So it yeah. was a it was a, a, a fascist that was killing a machine and mm -hmm. it was just fucking, it was going to start unchecked. It would have, uh, it would have kind of Facebooked Twitter where all oh, the yeah. olds would only see the things that were fake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sucked. That did suck for a little while there. Um, and I do want to say uh, it's almost as though the original check marks, which are aboard, awarded based on usefulness or popularity of the information provided by the verified user was actually more merit-based than a method of boosting leftist elites. Wow. It was more merit-based than being, it, it, they weren't just boosting leftist elites. Leftist elites say popular things, quote unquote, leftist elites. Ah. Sure. James sure. Woods got a lot of play. He's, if you call him a leftist elite, I don't know. Sure. What to tell you. Well, I Jim Woods. have a very interesting opportunity in Florida for you. <laughs> Consider me Miles Davis. Right. <laughs> uh, it's very funny. Uh, so coming up even more to the present, on April 1st, the legacy check marks went away. Uh, almost with, as far as I know, it was almost with no notice. I think there was an oh. announcement, but no one believed it was going to happen. Which um, I mean... Given how everything has been just uh, a continual shit show, it feels yes. like at the very least since um, the, the takeover. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds about par for the course. It's yeah. it's a gamble, right? So you you force all the legacy check marks to have to either publicly declare that they are going to pay you to have yeah. it, or be impersonated. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, there was a, this was intended to encourage legacy users to buy in, but almost none of them did. This had two effects. One, many legacy users just quit using the site 
because mm-hmm. fuck you, I'm not going to pay for something that was free. Yep. Uh, and two, it allowed everyone to know that a blue check mark meant someone was paying $8 to use a free website. Uh, at this point, some of the most influential power users uh, started a new hashtag, which is hashtag block the blue, uh, which the concept is just block everyone with a blue check because none of them fucking matter. Um, in retaliation, Musk began giving out blue check marks for free, um, by which he just means don't charge, just don't charge them, put it in there, uh, to legacy users to try to confuse regular users into blocking block the blue accounts. Um, I actually think the original block the blue account was immediately banned. Um, and then the funniest example of this, or one of the funniest examples was uh, drill who was probably the most famous and prolific shit poster, poster of all time uh, had to keep changing his name over the course of an evening to lose the blue check mark that someone was personally going back in and turning back on every time he changed it. Um, you know what I will, here's, I will give Musk this. I have not been that engaged in Twitter. Uh, I, I followed that all night. I, I probably spent six hours watching Drill change his name, get a blue check mark back, and then change his name again. I'll give him I, that. I, I, have, I, I hope you'll allow us like uh, our final thoughts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Later. Okay, so I won't interject now then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, we're... About a month after that, as we record, it's May 3rd. Um, when verification first rolled out, it was a symbol of authenticity of the user's posts. Now it is a symbol of the most toxic, unfunny, brain-dead chuds on the site. Legacy users have moved on to greener pastures. Blue checks are put at the top of every thread where they can be conveniently blocked. And there is a new kind of ratio where we can see uh, that while views are up, engagement is still almost nothing for Twitter's dumbest users. The shift to get rid of the legacy check marks caused a grand total of 28 people to sign up for Twitter, uh, for Twitter blue in significantly less world. than what's that in the fucking world in the world. Yes. 28 people, 28. People. That's not a fucking typo people. That's not Joe's not trying to say 28 million. Nope. 28 people, 28. not even 30. your fucking your your sixth grade class. Yeah. Um, which if you're doing the math at home is significantly less than what would be needed to make the site profitable, especially with the $44 billion in debt. The company now holds thanks to Musk's brilliant purchase. What was once one of Twitter's most valuable services has turned the site into a wasteland of conservative dish shits complaining about how they still feel shadow banned because no one wants to talk to them. This is a moment that should be a cause for introspection. A chance for Musk and his adherents to question his supposed genius. A chance for reactionary boomers to ponder why their kids won't talk to them anymore. A chance for the most boring, terrible, incel and incel-adjacent virgins to consider why it is that nobody likes them or wants to talk to them. Will they take advantage of this opportunity for growth? Of course not. Final thoughts, gentlemen? <laughs> um, a very controversial one. Mm-hmm. He's made Twitter better. Ooh, all right. Ooh. Say I've more. Never been on the app more. He I has. He has made it to where when you see a blue check, you just block it, and so their algorithm, their algorithm cannot be forced onto you because you start to you get to curate your own again because none of these people have anything to say 
No. And I'm not fucking they interested have, in what they have to say. They I want to fucking listen to the people that I'm like. They, they don't have any. They don't even. And you'll see it over and over again where Ben Shapiro will tweet something and he'll get ratioed now by Dr. Mr. Cody, by I write okay, by fucking anybody mm-hmm. who, because they're not funny. They're not engaging. They're fucking boring. It's the same jokes. And they're not that they're not good jokes. They might've been good the first time, but they're not good every time. Yeah. And it'll be 40 people posting the exact same thing one after the other. Yeah. And they'll just, and I just, I am the schadenfreude of it. Yes. The, 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 I kind of feel like, um, there's things happening that seem positive. Um, I, I am on Twitter more than I'm on anything else. I don't even, I don't do fucking Facebook is like a nothing. I don't, it's just a place where my people are. Yeah. I go check on them and then I go back to Twitter. Um, I'm on Instagram just to see what representative Jackson has to say. And your pal Austin. Yeah. And then I get off fucking Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Constantly. And it's right. not doom well, scrolling. And I, and I follow not, your I, pal Austin on Twitter, so I get his Instagram videos there. And I'm not. It's not doom scrolling. It's like yeah. um, a happy. It's he's he's made it inadvertently better. Inadvertently better for me, and it's only because he allowed me to fucking get rid of every chud that was filling up my feed. Yep. Because there was like a a two week period where the only thing I saw was libs of TikTok, which yeah. I had blocked. Oh. And I, that was my whole feed. And it was just that over and over again. And yeah. now it's like fucking, yep. Yeah, okay. And even, there's been some stuff where it's like, oh, like I know that that's Alton Brown. Right. But I block Send him you. anyway. I block you because you don't have to be blue verified. You don't have to have a fucking check mark, Alton. Be more creative than that. You're Alton Brown. Right. And I'm not, I don't even know that's a bad example because I, Alton Brown might not be blue check marked. I shouldn't have, I should have used a sure. real world. Anything. Alan Brown, come on the show and convince us you're not blue checkmarked. <laughs> to me, it has been, this has been the, the most fun I've had on Twitter. And I'm learning more because I'm, I'm engaging a little bit more with some people. And um, mm-hmm. Robert Evans, if you're listening, you're the man. But uh, yeah, uh, I, my final thought is uh, Elon. I, I fucking said from the get go, I was, I was going to watch Twitter a burn. I was going to be the, I wanted to be like me and drill were like the last two guys on the edge of the Titanic before it hit the water. Um, mm-hmm. I'm three or four times. I looked at my wife and was like, fucking Twitter's going down tonight. I'm going to be on tonight's it. Tonight's the night it's out. And, she, mm-hmm. and then it's like the other night she was like, I thought you were like, what do you want? I was like, I'm on Twitter. She's like, I thought that was supposed to die a month ago. And I was like, it fucking was. It was. It was supposed to. It was supposed to go away, but I think somehow I think, it survived. I think people are clinging to it, at like almost like a life raft. Like I don't know. I feel like I'm like involved when I'm yeah. on Twitter. I think, I think he's there's made a it cadre better. of people who want to watch it go down in flames, and as such, there's an audience still there, continually using it, watching yeah. and waiting for it to go down in flames. Yeah, I I'm gonna. It's a weird. It's, I'm with you. I um, have never touched grass more. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's uh, more. That's all the more that I have to, to say about that's that. Well said. Thanks, Elon. I have never touched grass more. It's well said, and it's worth noting too. The um, the algorithm changes. By the way, if you are blocked, it is it has a de-boosting effect. Right. So all of us, all of us blocking the blue checks tanked them. Yeah, and it doesn't just now they don't now the they're host. and now they're paying eight dollars for no engagement and no views. Yep. Awesome. Excellent. It's actually, you know what? You've convinced me. You've turned me right around. Yeah. Good job, Elon. I get back up, on Twitter bud. for that. Corporal that Elon. Yeah. yeah. Keep it up. Uh, if any listeners have a blue sky invite. Yeah. Please. Hit me up. I'm ready. Please. I I'm ready sign. to go to blue sky whenever, but I <laughs> think about what happened. Jack Dorsey sells this fucking thing. Elon says $44 billion and he's like, okay, yeah, let's do it. That's binding. Right. Elon tries to back out. He says, I'll let you out of it for a 1 billion. And Elon says, no, 44 billion. Jack's like, yeah, it's fine. I'm out. He waits the appropriate amount of time and then just uh, puts Twitter back up. Yeah. <laughs> Calls it blue sky. Yeah. I'm going to use half of this 44 billion at best. Yeah. Right. And I love, I love one of the things I love about blue sky is apparently we're calling them skeets. Yeah. <laughs> skeets, not tweets, skeets. Sure. Fuck it. It's Why outstanding. Not? Yeah. Which, which, Lil John will just skeet, skeet, skeet. Yeah. I bet just all He's, day. Oh, yeah. Prolific. All, all day at skeet. <laughs> so, yeah, that was what I prepared. Uh, thank you guys for listening. It was beautiful. It was great. It was informative. Uh, Rob, I, I nominate you to do our next one. Me? Yeah. All right. Join me for part one of our 70 part series on <laughs> Warhammer 40,000. <laughs> I've already got this written out. Let's fucking go. I can't wait. <sighs> gosh uh, and, and now Ryan with Holland days <laughs> <laughs> ah, what are you geeking on this week fuck what am I geeking on uh, I am uh, trying to perfect a cocktail alright go on yep it is a um, it's a rye sour excellent and um you do the egg whites, you know, and the shaker. So mm-hmm. it sets up real nice with the, the head. Oh, yeah. And then you float um, red wine on top. Um, it's probably already a drink. I'm going to pretend it's not. I'm calling it thinking on a woman. Ooh, all right. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to perfect that cocktail. I want it to be my new. I want it to be like a. Uh, I want my kids to say like. Remember when dad every night would make himself one fucking cocktail? <laughs> so I decided to make it that one. Nice. Yeah, and that's that. what I've been geeking on. I've made a, now uh, it's Wednesday. I've had um three of them this week. Uh, I made, I've made one a night. Would you say that you're improving on the recipe? Or a little, like, yeah. Uh, the form or? Yeah. And I'm, cause I'm, I'm to the point now where I'm actually like measuring it. So I could have a an actual recipe. Oh, so, nice! 
and so I'm getting I'm getting a little faster. Dialed it like, in. Like I don't want it to be like a fucking speed pour, but yeah. I, I don't want it also doesn't need to be like yeah, dad took 45. We had to wait 45 minutes before we could watch Ted Lasso because he was making his drink. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. so. Remember when dad used to take 45 minutes to make a right. drink? And then we yeah, watched Ted Lasso. I'd fall asleep and then he'd be done. And then he'd wake me up because he'd shake it a hundred times. And when he'd get to 98, he'd say 99, 100. <laughs> It's like a fucking I think you should leave skit. <laughs> yeah, the world's uh, longest cocktail. Uh, Outstanding. I'm not a piece of shit. <laughs> Rob, you are on to something. Yeah, I know. Hey. <laughs> Episode idea. We start a clock. And we have to make a cocktail for an hour. <laughs> All four of us making our own cocktail. <laughs> you can't, you can't, but at, at 60 minutes, you take your first drink. <laughs> All right. It's it's the long cocktail. Nick just pours himself a seven and seven. And then at 59 minutes and 45 seconds, he takes ice out of the out of the freezer and puts, puts it in the glass. One cube in. <laughs> However, you do it, you can you can stir it for a very long time. <laughs> I'm going to Bunsen burner mine. Oh, absolutely. I'm probably going to have some sort of Irish coffee where I brew coffee for about 45 minutes. And then a 15 minute build at the end where I actually fucking whisk some cream up. Be fucking hilarious. Just, yeah. uh, I'll just pour a glass of wine and then turn around and make dinner. <laughs> and then come back and add a little spritz of something. We don't even talk to each other. It's a, it's a, <laughs> the episode. Silent. We, we release the audio of just all the look the tinkers and clanks, <laughs> right? But if you want the whole show, you got to get the Patreon, pay the five dollars to get the video access, and Perfect. you can watch us make our cocktail for an hour. Nice. This is fucking brilliant. Yeah, I yeah, love it. Something here. I the bit of it is just fantastic. <laughs> I know. What is we, what's the name of your cocktail again? Uh, thinking on a woman. Thinking on a woman. Thinking like thinking. Thinking, thinking on a woman. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. Thinking on a woman. Excellent. Rye sour. Mystery. Oh, and also um, an update on the erotic thriller. Mm-hmm. We're also a uh, uh, good friend, friend of the show, Jake Tarter, old slot machine. He is a. Uh, uh, helping me write a neurotic erotic thriller. Okay. I love that. So it's going to be about an, an old, uh, like a middle-aged Jewish man, like a, like a, like a, like a Woody Allen type. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's an erotic thriller. Okay. But it's I- like, it's like Annie Hall meets Bruce Willis's color of night. <laughs> Okay, you just took the turn away from being uh, um, Louis C.K.'s self-made film. <laughs> the neurotic, erotic thriller. Yeah, because have you seen that movie? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I Go to his website. Yes, he's canceled. <laughs> For $5, you can see this movie on his website. It's about a guy who looks like Woody Allen, who is a middle-aged guy. 
And he, <laughs> he works at a, he works as a, um, a, uh, like a photo counter clerk. Like he develops photos and stuff. And so he like, uh, he just does his job all day and then he goes home <laughs> And he, he pours himself a bowl of ice cream in like a big stainless steel mixing bowl, <laughs> takes his pants off, sits in it and jerks off. <laughs> then goes to bed, gets up and starts his day over again. And there are some old ladies on a park bench who like watch him go to and from work and talk about how sad his life is. And it's, it's a really bizarre fucking movie, but I, <laughs> I promise you, I had no idea this existed. Oh man. It's great. It's really it's erotic, it's erotic great. thriller. Yeah. I think he stalks a woman and murders her at the end. I'm not sure. It's a little bit too much of a glimpse into Louis CK's mind. If I'm being honest. <laughs> Weird. Very. Oh man. Let's see if I can find a free version. That way you guys don't have to pay. Uh, what are you geeking on? Joe. I am geeking on. Well, aside from the plays, I'm geeking on plants. I think um, right. we, uh, you know, we've been in, we've been in the house for it'll be three years this October, and uh, we tried to have a garden the first year, like the first summer, and it just kind of didn't work out. I don't know. I don't know what we did wrong, but it just didn't happen. And then uh, last summer we both had COVID, and uh, Maddie like hurt her wrists doing science stuff. Uh, got a little carpal tunnel. And so the, the, um, garden never came together last year. So this year is finally the first year we're actually doing our garden. And so we've been growing seedlings. And so we have, uh, probably 15 tomato plants, a whole bunch of lettuce and kale and another leafy green called Auric. And, uh, Mm -hmm. it's delicious by the way. Um, mountain spinach is another name for it. Uh, I think we're also growing spinach. Um, and a bunch of herbs and stuff. It's great. I'm really looking forward to getting it in the ground eventually. And it's, it's just been exciting to watch. And I don't know, it's, it's kind of a, it's fun. It's kind of a whole family affair. Cause, uh, uh, Maddie kind of does all of the stuff. She understands plants. I don't understand plants. So she kind of does all of the stuff that needs to be done and then tells me what other stuff to do. Sure. Um, so I'm doing a lot of like moving the plants in and outside to harden them against the weather so that they can live outside full time. Um, and then our, our cats, for whatever reason, are fucking fascinated by plants. <laughs> they can't get enough of them. I, one of our butternut, our, our chattier cat, uh, screams at us until we show him the tomatoes and he's just, we, we show them to him. He smells them. He's like, yep, that's fucking poison. And then he stops screaming at us and leaves us alone. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, he can't eat them. Uh, George ate some lettuce and puked for three days. So, you know, cool, cool. No, of course he's fucking stupid as hell. (laughs) I I love that cat, but he is. So I described my cats. One is all hamster, no wheel. The other is all wheel, no hamster. George is the wheel with no hamster. (laughs) Um, Love him dearly. He is a very sweet cat. Purrs at a dime. Very friendly. Um, Just nothing going on up there. So. Uh, feel bad blasting my cats on the, uh, well, they, they, they don't know how to, they don't know. In. They, they don't yeah. speak English. They don't speak English. 
So they can barely get Twitter verified though. They can get, they can't get Twitter by Jorts. They are they are orange cats. Um, and by the way, it's it, uh, sometimes stereotypes are real. So hashtag orange cats. So that's all I got to say about that. Uh, Rob, what are you geeking on this week? Uh, I have been balls deep in Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, it's yeah, everything yeah. that I want it to be, and it's amazing. Cal uh, Kestis. Cal Kestis is fantastic. Uh, they, it is truly a great example of just really good game design. Good story, great level design, great sound design. The combat mechanics are fun, and the combat is great. Um, it's it is like nine or ten out of ten, um, and probably going to be my like game of the year, and probably one of the better Star Wars games that I've played. I've really enjoyed it so far. Um, uh, some of the fight sequences um, and like encounters that you do are um, just just shit wild, and it feels like uh, you're on like a roller coaster um, for for you know. 10, five, 10 minutes at a time. And whenever you get finished, you're just, uh, uh, you're ready to fucking like go outside and have a smoke and like, uh, uh, you know, uh, calm down post climax. So it's great shit. Uh, Jedi survivor, 10 out of 10 would very much recommend. Nice. Should I play the first one first? Um, so my knee jerk is yes. I, but I think that, it does an all right job, at least summarizing some of the stuff that was going on in the first one. But it is a fairly story-driven game, and I think that um, uh, I think that you would probably be doing yourself a disservice jumping into the second one. It'd be worth okay. you know starting at the beginning and then moving forward. So fair, hell yeah! If you liked. Um... This format, if you wanted to see this format more, the best thing you could do is go give us five stars and then um, tell us that. Tell us you like the format. You could just say, I like the format as the comment, and we would know that you liked the format. So, and then hit us up on the socials and uh, tell us, maybe pick our topic. Tell us what you want us to research and talk about. That'd be fun. Yeah. Tell us how you got verified on Twitter. Ooh, that too. Uh, you can find all of our socials at Geekcast Live, and you can also check out the website that I made at violentpress.com. Uh, you, that was a good website. You made that. Um, sure fucking did. If you want to support us in other ways, you can do so over at patreon.com slash geekcast live, where we will eventually be posting these videos. So if uh, if you're tired of the audio medium and you need video, uh, maybe you want to read our lips or uh, uh, gaze longingly into our eyes as we gaze desolately into the camera, uh, like Werner Herzog's sad beige children. Um, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash geekcast live and sign up. Give us, throw us, throw us a few do cats and uh, you'll have access to that. 
Yeah. A rupee. Yeah. Very valuable rupees. Yes. Uh, here in the age of Ukraine's assassination of Putin. <laughs> I'll also take bounty. It's a false flag. <laughs> I actually do think it's a false flag. I do too. <laughs> if you think it's a false flag, go buy one of our real flags at gcl.threadless.com. gcl.threadless.com. That's gcl.threadless.com. I think that's it. Is that everything? That's everything. Go buy a real flag from... Uh, flags for good. Flags yes. for good. Hell yeah. See you in hell. Bye, grandparents. Deuces. We love you. Bye. Hey, everyone. Nico here again. And as we always like to do about this time, we've got to send a shout out and a big thank you to all of our supporters uh, on Patreon and on all the socials, all the folks that help make this thing go. You know who you are. We love you. Our man, Danger Johnson, Brandon Rust, Kelly Shuttlewood, the Poly Nerds, Lada Bartova, Jesse G. Letourneau, Lemon Wedge. Uh, Scott S. I don't know if that's, I'd like to people to stick with their whole name. Big Pickleson, Little Eddie Horsecock, Big Frank Micropenis, but that's not spelled the way you think it is. It's spelled like a Frenchman. The Clicker from Boston, Chud Thune, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., uh, different one. Uh, Stan Lee from Beyond the Grave, Rip. Night City's finest Juggalo, Steve. Nick Kroll, not that Nick Kroll, it's both a C. Four Finger Emily, uh, Little Titty Baby, The K-Man, Jew Dave, Dave the Fish, and the embodiment of Skulldudgery. You know who you are. If we forgot you, write in. We'll add you to the list. Thank you, as always. And uh, we miss you, poopsies. See you soon. Check.